Okay, while I sort myself out, um, turn to someone near you and say, I'm glad that you are here. I'm glad you're here. <laughs> mean it as well. <laughs> um, I'm glad that Ian and Carrie are here because they uh, took up my dare. No, it wasn't a dare. It was a dare, but actually it was the right thing to do. Um, <laughs> exactly. I said it as a dare and then I said, oh no, oh no. No, they're going to do it now. So, uh, uh, give me joy in my heart. I love it. Um, so, yeah, um, at the beginning of the year, God started to speak to me about something. In fact, I think possibly it was before the beginning of the year. Karen, you'd know. It's probably before January, wasn't it? Yeah. And the thing that he sort of began to talk to me about was this sort of idea of filling up on things. And particularly, it was about joy. Sorry, I've just realised. Um, particularly, it was about joy. And so when Sam sent out the list of things I could preach on, things that I could speak on, I, I kind of just kept coming back to, I think it's going to have to be this one thing. So you're not only getting one preach on joy this season, you are getting two, which is very exciting. Um, so today we're going to go on a journey together. We're going to explore joy. We're going to think about what it means to be full of joy, how it changes us, how we can be more joyful. How many times can I say that word in one preach? Um, it's like a bingo card if you want one. Um, but I want to say from the start, although we are talking about an emotion in some ways, um, and I might use words surrounding that emotion and state, this isn't a quick fix for depression. This isn't a mental health uh, tool, although it may be beneficial. It also isn't, as Sam was saying, it's not a toxic positivity. Just smile, just be happy, just be... Just be glad, and, and everything will work out. Everything will be good. Just smile for your problems, as Charlie Chaplin, I think, wrote, uh, that we, we smile through. Actually, this is about joy, and what joy looks like, what joy is, and what a gift it is to us as a believer. So I want to ask you a question. Uh, Matt asked a question uh, a few weeks uh, last week. This is a different question. Uh, when was the last time you felt full of joy? I don't need you to say it out. Just have a think in your head. When was a time where you felt full of joy? Perhaps it was about 40 minutes ago when we sang, Give Me Joy in My Heart. Perhaps it was even further free. You were like, I love this song. This song always fills me with joy. Maybe it's, uh, I was going to say when like, you were watching sport. I don't know. You might get joy from watching sport. I support England rugby team. I don't get much joy. Um, <laughs> yeah. So... Um, <laughs> When was that last time you felt joy? Or when is a time where you felt full of joy? Perhaps it was a birthday or a wedding or when we came out of lockdown and you got to see people you hadn't seen. And I just want you to think about that in your mind. Just take yourself back to that place. What sights, what smells, what sounds are evoked when you're back in that place? And this question... How do you know that it was joy you felt in that moment? You see, I've asked quite a few people this, and I can tell you the exact moment I know they have pictured it in their mind. And the reason I can tell is because they do one or both of two things. What's a guess? Smile. They smile. Or laugh. Or laugh, yeah. You might have that sort of like, hmm, like kind of, weird laugh that we do. <laughs> like, 
There's another thing. Something changes in their body. They relax. Because when we feel joy, tension goes. When we remember that moment, and uh, sorry to just pick you up, but Pete, I asked Pete a few, I don't know what he was thinking of, uh, but he smiled and he did the thing. <laughs> but he was leaning on a chair and his, his body relaxed into it. You see, joy is expressive. Joy is pleasant. Joy makes us feel good. And in my work that I do around emotions, actually, what we see is that joy sits in this pleasant part of emotions when we, when we block out how emotions sit. It's, it's a pleasant emotion. It's kind of a central emotion as well. It's not so energetic that we're like, oh my gosh, like a kid in a candy store, and we get all this excitement and all this, and it's almost too much. No, joy is slightly lower than that. And yet it's not so low that it's complacency. I just, I feel all right. Or as the kids say, meh. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just good. I'm just good. Actually, joy has, has a certain amount of energy, and it's why when we have joy and we need to persevere, it's what gives us that energy to push through. And like many emotions, joy actually partners with other emotions. Matt talked last week excellently about how it partners with perseverance and hope. But it also, it also partners with things like fun and, um, and contentment. And it gives joy a multifaceted purpose. As I said last week, Matt excellently centred in on joy and how when joy partners with perseverance, it gives us that that push through. Joy with hope that gets us through the tough times. That gets us through the trials. But as you also said, there's a whole rabbit warren that you could go down of different things because joy is so big. Joy is so good. And I think often we just centre in on joy helping us to persevere. And yet there's a beauty and an expanse of what joy can look like. So today I want to focus in on an understanding that we can, in, we can abide in a joy that's expressed in gladness and happiness and celebration. Understanding that like all aspects of the now and not yet kingdom, there is the not yet of joy that is unreleased. But there is also what we can receive in the now. Like I said, this is not toxic positivity. Of course there are times of sorrow. There are times of struggle. Often... That's where joy motivates change in our life. But there is fullness of joy here for us now that can be expressive, that can be seen in celebration. Can I share a confession with you? With family, right? Yeah. Much of my lack of joy has not come because I mimic God's heart of sorrow for sin and the effects of sin. Actually, 
Much of my lack of joy has come through this understanding of what it actually is and where to find it. You see, I thought joy was found in what the world offers. I looked at things and they gave me false joy. I still do sometimes, if I'm honest. I, I, I push for things that give me false joy. I know what you're seeing, Alex. <laughs> You see, I think that if only I had this, if only I have that, then I will feel joy. When I do this, when I have that, I will feel full of joy. Conversely though, I thought that to find joy in some of these things, and to express joys, unless they were in hot, so, um, solemn, holy moments where joy was expressed like this. Very joyful. I am so joyful and full of the Lord. I thought that was what Christian joy was. Quiet, demure joy that was only found in things like bunting and baking and prayer. You could only find joy in these places and somehow if you found joy anywhere else, well that was a sin. How dare you? That, that's crossing a line. But then I noticed this didn't seem to match up with what the Bible was saying. Take it in Nehemiah. We sang it this morning, didn't we? The joy of the Lord is my, uh, your strength or my strength. I thought what that meant, because I know the story of Nehemiah quite well. They're building a wall, right? They're building a wall and they're restoring the kingdom and, and all this. And then there's all these people saying, stop building the wall, stop building the wall, and, and sharing accusations at them and kind of attacking them. I thought it meant, come on, guys, keep building, keep moving on, keep pushing, push, keep pushing forward. Keep doing it because you're doing the Lord's work and you should just keep building and keep focusing. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Nothing else. The joy. And yet, it says this. This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. Go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks. And send some to those who have nothing prepared. Include everyone. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Then the people went away to eat and drink and sent portions of food to celebrate with great joy. Because now they understood the words that have been said to them. I don't know about you, I think I prefer the Bible's version of that story. Anyone else? Like, I, I'm quite partial to choice food and sweet drinks. Anyone else? Yeah? <laughs> Joy came through changing their perspective and through choosing to celebrate and to do joyful things. So I started to explore the biblical perspective of joy and what I found is this. It's about perspective of who he is, who I am, and where I am. And when we have these in the right perspective, there is gladness that we can express. We find community is involved in it. We find 
celebration is found in it. And we find that there is a joy that we are meant to live in, not just have for a moment. So let's start with who God is. The source of our joy. We must look at God to define joy because he is joy. He is full of joy. He is our source of joy. What does joy look like? We must look to God first. And as Matt showed us last week, God is a joyful God. He can't give what he isn't. So he is full of joy. And so what, where do we see this? Well, we see this in his actions. God delights, God dances, God sings. Um, he prepares feasts. Again, I'm in for that. We also see that he perseveres. There are expressions through his actions of joy. We also see it in the Godhead itself. John Piper writes this. God, the Holy Spirit is the divine person who originates eternally from the Father and the Son in their loving of each other. But this love isn't a merciful love, as if they needed to pity each other. It is an admiring, delighting, exulting love. It is joy for each other. God can't give what he isn't. He is full of joy. And I also believe that he's quite fun. The word also shows us, and when I say the word, I mean the literal word for joy, although it's in the word at the same time. The Hebrew word, one of the Hebrew words that we see in the Old Testament that is used for joy, and I'm going to now just say, I apologise for my lack of ability to speak Hebrew um, or pronounce it well. But the, one of the Hebrew words is this, simcha. And it means this, joy, gladness, happiness, celebration. And it is a word which is expressed through movement. Through leaping, shouting, singing, laughing, music, dancing. We see this word for joy is expressive. It is a word that's often used to, to denote a path. A, a, a choice to walk down, a, a deliberate act to walk down a path. But it actually literally means this. The word sim means put. The word ka which I can't do because I can't laugh like that, is literally the sound of laughter. <laughs> it is literally that. It means, in its literal sense, to put laughter into your life. We see it in uh, Psalm 126, verse 2. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with simcha, with laughter, and our tongues with songs of joy. And it was said amongst the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. He has done great things for us. And we are filled with simcha, with joy. There's other words that the, that the um, Old Testament uses. Asha, it means happy. And there's parts where it says we are happy in God. Rina, which means to rejoice, to keep putting joy into us. 
And Jesus uses a Hebrew word, obviously, when he is speaking about joy in John 16. And the word he uses is really um, pictorial. A lot of Jewish um, and Hebrew words are, are more like pictures. And the picture is this. There was a fence, and now there's a door in it. There was a fence, and now there's a door in it. Church, this is joyful. There was a fence I couldn't get through, and now someone's put a door there I can get through. This is joyful. This is salvation he's talking about. There is now a way through, and we can be filled with joy. We can celebrate. Because now there is a way through. And we are filled with joy. Our joy is complete. Because now there is a door in a fence. What about the other part of the New Testament, the bits that are in Greek? Well, they often and most likely are going to use the word chara. Again, my Greek sounding is not great. That is about what Matt spoke about, that inner rejoicing that is based not on our external circumstances, but on our spiritual reality. That we are saved, that we are filled with joy, that we, have, we are seated in heavenly places. That's what that spiritual reality is talking about. But more often than not, it is combined with action. It leads to joyful behavior. So what we see in the words is that joy shows up in expression, but it often shows up through relationship with people and with celebration. So that's who he is. What about who I am? Sam read this earlier, but I'm going to read it again because I love it. <laughs> the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom to the captives, and to release from darkness the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion. To bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. The oil of joy instead of mourning. A garment of praise instead of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness. A planting for the Lord. For the display of his splendour. Is that good news? It is. They will rebuild the ancient ruins. Anyone want to be in a rebuilt ancient ruin? I don't know. But they will rebuild the ancient ruins. They restore places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Strangers will shepherd their flocks. Foreigners will work in their fields and vineyards. And you will be called priests of the Lord. Ministers of our God. You will feed on the wealth of nations and in their riches you will boast. Instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion. Instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. 
And so you will inherit a double portion of your land, and everlasting joy will be yours. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. In my faithfulness, I will reward my people and make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants will be known among the nations and their offspring among the people, and all who see them will acknowledge that they are a people that the Lord has blessed. I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in God because he has clothed me with garments of salvation, arrayed me in a robe of his righteousness, as a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest, as a bride adorns herself with jewels. For as the soil makes the sprout come up and a garden causes seed to grow. So, the sovereign Lord will make righteous and praise spring up before all nations. Wow! Not only do I receive all this, I get to partner in this. I get to be part of this, of bringing freedom, of bringing um, release, of proclaiming, of bestowing, of comforting. Church, this is good news. We get to partner in bringing joy to the world. I, I don't know about you, I've experienced heartache. Has anyone else ever experienced a broken heart? It might not be a romantic broken heart. Actually, recently, I, I was broken hearted about something. Oh, that hurt. Oh, my goodness. Those feelings that you think, I'll never think I want to ever feel them again. That hurt, that pain. What joy it was to be bound up, for that to be released from me. It was good. It was joyful. I felt good when I wasn't feeling that anymore. What about, um, I think we're probably the right age in here, uh, Crystal Maze. Anyone ever watch the Crystal Maze? Um, yeah, yeah. So, you know, you, you get something wrong and you get trapped. You're a prisoner to the Crystal Maze or to, who was it, Russell? Richard. Richard, Richard right. yeah. You get, you get trapped. What joy it is when finally your team get enough to come and free you, or maybe not free you, some of them, but... The joy you see, the rejoicing you see, or has anyone done an escape room? When you finally get it and you've got the last thing, I can imagine Carrie would get very excited. You've got the last bit of the puzzle and you can finally be free. Church, these things in Isaiah 61, they're joyful happenings. We get to partner in it. And the oil of gladness, that's really interesting. Because that's part of the priestly garments that we've been called to wear. And I'd love to say, and I know some of you are going to go, Ick. I'd love to say it's a nice little smearing of oil, you know, maybe a nice hair treatment um, to make you feel good. No, no, you're literally, they got oil poured over them. We are covered in the oil of gladness, the anointing. He has made us this way. And it's okay to find joy in the way that God has made us, both through salvation, but also individually. 
God has made us to find joy in different things. Tina, uh, I've asked her, don't worry, she's not. But Tina has a, a, a joy in organising and sort, particularly sorting um, things. And I can tell you that there is a charity shop in town that benefits from her joy in sorting. But I also have benefited from that. Because just over a year ago, under a year ago, sorry, I was lying on a sun lounger in Spain while Tina and Karen and Steph and Emma, my friend Sophie, sorted out my house move. I can tell you that was a joyful moment. Do you know what I did when I got my house? I was with a, I was with a, a teenager. Um, there was a mum there as well, don't worry. Um, and she said, you've got to jump in the pool. And I was like, the, the pool's freezing. And she was like, I don't care, you've got to jump in the pool. This is really good. And so there was that expression of joy to just jump in the pool. Oh, it's finished. The house is done and I've trusted it to these people. Or let's take someone else, Carrie. Carrie enjoys baking. Uh, she enjoys lots of things, I think. But one of the things we all know that she enjoys is baking. Who here has benefited from Carrie's joy in baking? Yes. <laughs> we enjoy what Carrie has enjoyed creating. But Carrie, do you enjoy seeing us get joy from what you have created? Interesting. The creator finds joy when we enjoy what has been created for us. You see, when we delight in God, in who he is and in how he has made us, when we are thankful, we bring joy to others. We bring in the kingdom. And you know we're more likely to feel good and to do these things when we're focusing on doing the things that we enjoy. Actually, when we are finding joy in things, we often become more thankful. We often focus more on, oh God, you made me this way. You made me to enjoy cricket. Oh. <laughs> or dancing, or baking, or even bunting, if you enjoy it. But we can use these things to praise God. It's all meant to point to him. It's meant to bring life in us. We have been made with joy. It's not wrong to want to feel it. Because it's what we were originally made with. So when we feel we lack in it and we want it, that's not a sin. It's just that we find it in God. And we can delight in all God has made, including that which he has made through other people, like the cakes. And so who I am, who he is, and where I am. See, joy is often a choice of perspective. I know that this world is full of sorrow caused by sin. Brokenheartedness, grief, captivity, despair. I also know this. Jesus has said the kingdom is here. And not only that, he has said it is within you and you are within it. And it is advancing 
and it is advancing through us, partnering with him to do good works. You see, church, we can know joy because we know him. And we can show joy because we are in him. And the kingdom coming is the restoration of God's plan, the rebuilding, the renewing, the restoring. And so when we place ourselves in this perspective, this is where I am. I am here to be filled with joy, to do good works, to partner with him. When we choose that perspective, it affects not only us, but the world around us. And I believe God has given us throughout the Bible a roadmap about how to increase in joy and what limits joy. So what do we increase in? Well, where I am, how I focus. You see, we can enjoy God. When we choose to enjoy God, it changes our focus. When we choose to enjoy what he's made, including being joyful about ourselves and how he has made us. And we know also, it says throughout in the Bible, it is also about how we look after ourselves. Who feels less joyful after a bad night of sleep? I do. I'm less likely to want to think about God and think about the good things. Or uh, anyone else get hangry? Most of your children possibly do. Um, I do. Uh, It's important that we look after our physical body when it comes to joy. Expression. You know, one of the ways in which we can, we can grow in joy is actually to express it, to lift our voices. The Bible says, lift your voices, lift your head, lift your hands. It's part of joy. Another thing that we see is practicing thankfulness. Interestingly, the world is catching up on that. Oh, gratitude's a good thing, is it? it makes us feel better. Well, actually, yeah. But you know what? Actually, thankfulness is something that is higher than ourselves. Thankfulness to what he has done. It not only speaks out to him who he is, but it speaks over us who we are. And it speaks to the world who he is. And laughter. We're allowed to laugh. And we also find joy in community. When we reach out to others, when we serve other people, when we persevere with each other. As Sam said earlier, where someone is going through something and we stand with them. We also then get to receive their joy and be part of the joy. When sorrow has lasted for a night and joy comes in the morning. And to celebrate. You know, I think... The Jewish nation, they loved the celebration, didn't they? I mean, there's like one every, it wasn't months because it's not the same as our calendar, but there was just so many celebrations. Actually, when we celebrate, when we remember what God has done, when we festival, and when we ask him, where am I? I'm humbling myself before the Lord, and he will fill me with joy. How many of you, don't have to put your hands up, how many of you, since last Sunday when when Matt encouraged us to ask for joy, how many of us have actually asked God, God, would you fill me with joy this morning? God, would you fill me with joy today? And the Bible tells us what limits joy, and I believe this is where I'm going to land, um, because I feel that God wants to pour out the oil of gladness over us instead of despair. 
But some of that comes from us letting go of despair. So what are the symptoms of despair? The first is when we suppress our emotions. When we think, I must feel joyful, I must ignore anything that is making me not feel joyful, so I will only feel, I will only push into this positivity. Actually, when we suppress emotions, as I said, we, we're meant to feel sorry. And when I, when I work in schools, I talk to the young people and they say, there's no such thing as a negative emotion. Emotions show us that something in our life may be negative. But we need the whole spectrum of our emotions. And in this, we do need to feel sorry. We do sometimes go through trials. And when we try and suppress that, we don't get the promise of heaven, of joy coming in the morning, of hope, of peace that flows over us and over our understanding. The second way in which I think that we can, uh, a symptom of despair, is when we cling to pride. If joy is an expressive thing, often we can feel like, oh, I don't want to look silly. Oh, I don't, I don't know about that. What if I like, I remember thinking, what if I put my hand up in the air? Like, like that's the littlest of the joy that I wanted to say. What if, what if I offend someone? Actually, we don't need to cling to pride. Equally, we don't need to cling to joy. We don't need to cling to it and have a false hyped up. Come on, everyone, let's feel good. Because God can do it himself. Yeah. If he is the source of joy, he is very able to pour out joy upon us without me even having to speak a word. I just get to partner in it, which is exciting. And the last thing is dwelling in disappointment and offence. You see, there's another place in the New Testament where Jesus harks back to promises that he has spoken in Isaiah. And this is in Matthew 7. It's not exact, and it's not definite that it's to Isaiah 61, but we see the promises spoken there. So when John, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask Jesus, are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? And this is what Jesus replies. Go back and report to John what you see. The blind receive sight. The, de the lame walk. Those who have leprosy are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. And the good news is proclaimed to the poor. We see some of the promises that we see throughout Isaiah about who the Messiah is going to be. And then he says this. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. Or in other versions, who is not offended by me. Where is John? In prison. John's in prison. What is one of the promises of the kingdom? Freedom from captives. In fact, it says uh, particularly about prisoners. And we can think, well, you know, it's literally, it's not, maybe it's a metaphor. But he doesn't say that to John. I wonder if there's a meaning to why that isn't in there. Our world needs joy. But if we sit with offence that God has not done something yet, 
or isn't going to do something that we have asked for, we will lose joy. We will live in despair, which is not of God. It's destructive. And while we may have visits of gladness and lightness, we don't get the joy of living there. And of course, although joy is not the ultimate prize, Jesus is, but in him we have fullness of joy. So church, I believe God wants us to just renew our mind. We'll just grab the band up for a minute. You see, we are living in a culture, as Matt so just perfectly put it last week, we are living in a culture that is seeking joy. That is looking for it everywhere. We see it in songs, we see it in films, we see it if you go into a, um, a bookstore, quite often it's the self-help books that are the first ones you come to see now. The pop psychology we want this. Church, we know joy. <laughs> but we also know joy. We hold his hand. We are filled with joy. It has been poured over us. Church, we are new creation, ushering in a kingdom of endless joy. Church, when we celebrate, we show what heaven, a glimpse of what heaven could look like. And we are clothed in priestly garments, anointed with the oil of gladness, poured all over us. So church, would you allow yourself to stand and have that poured over you? And then to take it to the world that is so in need of joy, that needs to see expressions of what joy can look like. Church, will you partner with joy? Be filled with joy. Wear your joy and take your joy to this world. going to ask you if you if there's something in you in that you think yeah I want to take joy to this world if you're able I'd love you to just stand so I believe God wants to pour out joy on us church <coughs> and it might be I don't want you to think but I'm not in that place I'm still in the broken hearted place that's okay if you're still in the broken hearted and the captive that's okay, because actually, as God pours joy over us, I believe he's going to break some things in us. 